one of our gift service team members will be there uh, taking up your tear-offs, the part that has your personal information, your prayer request. That's a part of the worship guide. Again, always fill that out, especially if you have a prayer need, because sometimes uh, you need prayer when you think you don't need prayer. And we have a team of people that love to pray with you and to pray for you. So if you'll fill that out every Sunday and drop that in the bucket when you leave, but also drop your tithes and your offerings here. That's where you put your cash, if you give cash, or that's where you put your check. Because again, uh, one of the things I want you to understand is that the reason we give uh, is because God is a giver. And His very nature is generosity. Because He's just a giving God. He gives consistently to us. And since we're made in His image then we are actually at our best when we are doing like Him, when we are giving and we are stewarding well the things that God has given to us. You know, we call it tithes and offerings. That's kind of the old church, uh, the old school name, uh, giving your money, giving your 10%, your first. A tithe is 10%. Uh, it's biblical. Uh, it's holy. It's set apart. So we just want to encourage you to get involved in that part of your worship. Uh, again, when you leave, you're going to see these buckets. And maybe, maybe you prefer to give using a, a bank card. Uh, you can do that by giving online, crossroadslebanoncom forward slash give. You can also use the two giving kiosks there in the lobby by using your bank card there. But again, we just want you to experience everything that God has for you. So we want you to be faithful in your attendance. And we also want you to be faithful in your giving. So again, I want to thank those of you who faithfully give already. Because again, without you, we, could, we couldn't do the things that God has called us to, give, to do uh, without your giving. You know, I think there are times that we all can look at our lives and we find ourselves in a wilderness. I mean, think, think about it, a wilderness. There are times we find ourselves in that place that we feel like we're forgotten. We feel like we're alone. And when you think about it, that's the place where we often look to God and we say, why? God, why? Why am I here? Why do I feel like, God, that you have abandoned me? See, I want, I want to go back to week one of the last three weeks in the messages that we've been uh, involved in because... It was in week one, that's the week that God called Abraham to leave his homeland, to leave everything that he was familiar with, and God led him into this place called the wilderness. And what's interesting about the story of Abraham is this, God didn't leave Abraham into, lead him into the, uh, into the wilderness to punish him, but God actually led Abraham into the wilderness to prepare him to prepare Abraham for what God was going to do with him and through him. Because you would see it would be in that deserted place that God would talk to Abraham, speak to Abraham about his destiny, about his purpose, about his calling, about his future. In the wilderness, that's the place that God could speak to Abraham and Abraham could hear the voice of of God. Now, remember in the original Hebrew language, the word for desert is midbar. And midbar is spelt exactly as the same uh, uh, spelt exactly the same as the word speak, which is midbar. If I would have put those up on the screen, which I probably should have, uh, you would have seen those two things look exactly the same. They are spelt exactly the same way. But what the story of Abraham tells us is that God led Abraham to the midbar, to the desert, so that he could speak to him midbar because he wanted him to hear his voice. And then again, if you were with us last weekend, we talked about how God led the Israelites out of Egypt into the midbar, into the wilderness, so that he could speak to them about a relationship that he wanted to have with them. I mean, think about it. It was in the wilderness that David oftentimes found himself, many times. David found himself in the wilderness crying out to God, speaking to God. And it was in the wilderness that David would write many of the Psalms that we have today. 
And those psalms, here's what you may not know, are actually prayers put to music as David was worshiping God. In the wilderness, David would worship. And it would be his worship that would connect David with God. Now, this morning, I want to tell you that there are a couple of things that I think praise and worship do. You, you, hear, that, you hear that phrase or those two words all the time, praise and worship. But there are a couple of things that I think praise and worship do. And I'm going to tell you, those two things, praise and worship, are like anything else we do. Because the very first thing that the Bible teaches us is this. The Bible teaches that praise is the pathway into God's presence. Regardless of where you may find yourself, regardless of the wilderness that you may find yourself in this morning, worship is that thing that will take you from the wilderness into the very throne room of heaven. Look at what it says in Psalm 22, verse 3. It says this. It says, God inhabits the praises of his people. And the actual translation of that verse is that, that God dwells in our praises. God actually dwells in our praise. That means that, that God is actually enthroned in our lives when we take the time to praise him. You know, there are lots of those Christian sayings, but maybe you have heard a saying that goes something like this, when, when your prayers go up, your God shows up. Uh, we've heard variations of that. But in fact, your worship is the prescribed pathway into the very presence of God. Psalm 100 says this. It says, shout for the Lord or shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. 100, Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts with praise. And there we see it. The prescription for, the prescription for entering God's presence is praise. And here's the thing. When you take the time to get into God's presence... That's when things change. Because God's power is there. God's power is there in his presence. And his power is the thing that will change your problem. I mean, I, I look back at my own life and, you know, when I myself have experienced that wilderness, that dry and empty place, that place where I felt empty on the inside. The thing that I discovered is what you do in that wilderness, what you do in that isolated, dry place, what you do there is so important. Because, see, what happens is many times when we find ourselves in a wilderness, that dry place, that isolated place, we tend to just stop and, and focus on the problem that got us into that place. I mean, think about it. We, we, we have a problem, and, and we talk about that problem with our friends. We analyze that problem. We worry about the problem. And, and while most of that is absolutely normal when you have a problem in your life, I'm going to tell you the one thing that I have found is that worry doesn't help the problem. Honestly, worry probably is the thing that makes the problem worse. But when I stop focusing on the problem, and instead I focus on the promise, the promise that God has told me that he will never leave me nor forsake me, the promise that he has told me that he will see me through whatever the problem, whatever wilderness I'm going through. You see, every time that I spend time worshiping in whatever my wilderness is, God starts to change my perspective. Because that's what praise does. Praise changes your perspective. 
it changes your perspective, and you begin to see your problem in light of God's power and greatness in your life. It says in Psalm 16, verse 11, here's what it says. It says, in his presence is fullness of joy. That simply means that there is an abundance of joy when you are in the presence of God. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So if the joy of the Lord is your strength and there is fullness of joy in the presence of God and the way that we're carried into God's presence is through our praise, then praise is going to produce a supernatural strength in our lives. Because here's the thing I want you to understand. As we praise God for who He is and everything that He has done, we are supernaturally, supernaturally strengthened in Him. That's the very reason why we spend so much time on Sunday morning worshiping God. Because worship is the prescribed pathway to God's presence. And it's the way that God desires to strengthen your life. It, it, it's really interesting because the Bible tells us that, that God is omnipresent. And, and, and some of you may not know what that means. But the Bible tells us that God is omnipresent. It's kind of hard to grasp, but what that means is that, that God is everywhere all the time. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 138, David asked this question. He said, where can I go? Where can I go from your presence, God? If I go to the highest heavens, you are there. But if I make my bed in the depths, you're also there. So the Bible tells us that God, God is always present. But the Bible also teaches about something else. It teaches about the manifest presence of God. I mean, the manifest presence of God is when God shows up, like in the burning bush, you know, speaking to Moses out of the burning bush. Or, or maybe it's the way the Israelites had that GPS system, you know, in the wilderness where God would show up as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That's the manifest presence of God. Or maybe it's the manifest presence of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost when the followers of Jesus were gathered together in the upper room praying and worshiping and seeking God and the Holy Spirit was poured out. You see, something powerful happens when God's children come together like this to seek Him. Something powerful happens when you and I come together in an environment like this, when we say, God, we're here. We're here for you. God, God, our focus is on you. Our ears and our hearts are attentive and set on you. God, we just ask you in this moment to speak to us. Because, God, we are your people. And your people are listening. And see, I think we have to understand that that kind of worship and prayer opens the door for the presence of God to be made manifest, to be made known in our lives, because praise is the pathway into God's presence. Now, here's the second thing. I want to show you the second thing that I, ha I think happens when we worship. Praise reminds us of God's power. Praise reminds us of who God is and what God can do. Because you see, here's the thing. I've had multiple people over the years say something to me about, you know, I don't understand why we sing that particular song. I mean, it's, it's even in the older hymns that I love and that many of you love, you know, those older hymns, where you're singing the same words over and over again. And let me tell you, you people, when I say you people, people in churches are quick to complain about the music. 
and the songs. And many of the complaints that I hear are, I don't understand why the song says the same thing over and over and over again. Let me tell you this. We don't sing the same thing over and over again because God has forgotten who he is. We sing the same words over and over again because we have forgotten who God is. We forget that God can move that mountain. We forget that God can move that problem, that God can act on your behalf in the wilderness that you find yourself in. We forget that he is a promise-keeping, miracle-working, way-making God, and that he is the God who keeps it all together. So when you find yourself in a difficult place, a dry place, a wilderness, then you need to be reminding yourself that nothing is impossible for God. I, I, I like, I, I mean, I'm just going to tell you, I love this church. We have our faults. We have lots of them. But one of the things I really like about you guys is that I can be completely transparent with you. And can I tell you something else? Again, I'm going to be really, really transparent. And I've said, kind of alluded to this before. The real churchy people that show up here, uh, and there's nothing wrong with really churchy people, but those who like, you know, the pomp and circumstance of uh, maybe a denomination, uh, they've kind of criticized my transparency. Oh, you don't, you don't need to say that. You're too transparent. You really shouldn't tell them that. But can I just tell you what I know you already struggle with? And that some days I come in here and my faith is not as strong as it was maybe the last week. And I know that's the same with you. There, there are times that we come in here and, and, and we sit under the teaching and the worship and, and we can just admit that, you know what, my strength, my, my faith is as strong as it's ever been. I mean, and I'm just ready to go. I'm just ready to go. I'm ready for the word. I'm ready for the worship. I, I'm just, I just love it. I'm ready for it. But can I be honest with you? There are times where, like you, I come in here and you know what, I'm not as strong faithfully as I was last week. You know, maybe like you, there was a time that I thought God was going to move in my life this past week, and he didn't. So I come in, and, and there are times when I'm not where I was, and my faith is weak, and it happens to all of us. That's why I love what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1, verse 12 a verse that most of you have never even paid any attention to. But look at what he says. He said, I want us to help each other with the faith that we have. Now think about this. Your faith will help my faith, and my faith will help your faith. Your faith is going to help me, and my faith is going to help, help you. And you say, Randy, what are you saying? I'm going to tell you. When we come together in this environment and we worship together, that's what happens. When I come in here and I feel down spiritually, then the faith that you're declaring, you know what it does? It strengthens me. And then when you come in next week and, and you're feeling a little bit down, then my faith declaration is actually going to help you. Because here's what happens. We come into this environment and we join our faith together. Because that's what this time of worshiping each week does. It's the very reason that we do this. It's why what we do is so important. Listen, it's the reason why I want you to keep coming back. Because there are going to be times in your life that you don't know what to do. But you can always know where to go. And you can come here. Because this is the place that you need to be. You need to be at Crossroads. But honestly, can we be transparent again? Sometimes when our faith is a little bit down, church is the last place we want to be, right? I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes when, when life has not worked out the way that we thought, 
then church is the last place that we want to be. But it's exactly the place that we need to be. Because in this place, we're going to speak the word of life over you. In this place, we're going to sing the word of life over you. This is the place that we're going to help you look up to God and his promises. Because this is the place that you're going to find people who will pray with you and they will pray for you. And their faith is going to strengthen your faith. And you're going to be reminded of who God is and what God can do. Let me, let me tell you the third thing that I believe praise does. Praise positions you to hear God's voice. That's what praise does. Praise positions you to be able to hear the voice of God. Can I just be funny for a minute? This morning it also may position you to hear my stomach because... I'm fasting breakfast, <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? So if you hear some grumbling up here, it ain't God, it's Randy, okay? But again, praise positions us so that we can hear the voice of God. That's what it does. And that's what we've been talking about these last three weeks, how to hear the voice of God over all the other voices out there that are demanding our attention. How do we hear the voice of God? even over worry? How do we hear the voice of God over fear? Because worry and fear, am I right? They always seem to be right there screaming in our ears. And listen to what I'm helping you understand this morning. Worship is the way that you silence the voice of worry and fear. Worship is the way that you silence those voices. Because when you silence those voices, it allows you to clearly hear the voice of God. There's a powerful verse found in Psalms chapter 8, verse 2, and here's what it says. It says, from the lips of children and infants, you, God, you have ordained praise because of your enemies. To silence the foe and avenge it. Jay, leave that up there just a moment. You know what that verse tells us? It tells me and it tells you that, that there's a purpose when it comes to praise. God has established praise for a purpose. And the purpose of praise is to silence the voice of the foe and the avenger. Now, again, you, you may wonder, who's he talking about here? It's not the lady in the cubicle at work that you work with. It's not your neighbor. He's actually talking about your spiritual, listen, listen. He's talking about your spiritual enemy. The devil. Who has come to assault you with fear and worry and doubt. Now listen to what I'm telling you. Praise, your praise will silence his voice. Did you hear what I said? Your praise, when you praise God for who he is and everything that he has done and the promises that he has made to you, your praise will silence his voice. But I want you to focus on a word there, the word silence. It's the same root word as Shabbat. Or Sabbath, which means to stop and to rest. So you know what Scripture is telling you? It's telling you, listen, listen. maybe you've never heard it articulated this way, but what Scripture is telling you is that when you take the time to praise God for who He is and what He's done, you know what happens? Your enemy has to stop and rest. Your enemy has to stop and he has to rest. 
He has to take a Sabbath, which means that he cannot do the work that he wants to do when you take the time to praise your God. I mean, think about it like this. When you're praising your God, he has to stop and listen to you praise your God. He has to stop and listen to your voice. And when he stopped because of your praising, he can't do his work. And he can't open his mouth. So when his voice is silenced and fear and doubt and worry are no longer there, shouting at you, then it's easier for you to hear the voice of God. It's easier for you to hear the voice of heaven being spoken over your life. Now think about that. Because that's probably the reason why David worshiped so much in the wilderness. Because for years, David was on the run from Saul and his armies who were trying to kill him and attack him. I mean, again, we know the story of David, but there were times in the wilderness where David was almost killed. He almost lost his life. There were times that, 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 that David was overwhelmed, and, and there were times that David didn't know what to do, and fear and worry and doubt were right there shouting in his ear, and that's when David would stop. And David would begin to worship. And Psalm 63 is one of those psalms that David wrote when he was in the wilderness. Most likely when he was on the run from Saul. It's probably one of those times when David was desperate for God to show up. And these are the words that he prayed. Just listen to this. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Jay, go back to the very beginning. Look at those first six words. That's a declaration. David says, oh God, you are my God. Doesn't matter about the wilderness. Doesn't matter about the situation or where I'm going through, what I'm going through. Doesn't matter about the situation that I might be in. Oh God, you are my God. God, if you're my God, I'm going to trust you. It doesn't matter what I see in the natural. And then David declares that above everything else that he's seeking, he's seeking after God like a man who is thirsty in a dry and parched land. See, David has a hunger inside of him. And that hunger that's inside of him is a hunger for God. His his focus is on his spiritual soul. Because he said, God, you satisfy me as like the richest feast. And I'll praise you with songs of joy. 
because you see what David wanted more than anything else more than deliverance from the problem that he found himself in what David listen 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 crossroads listen what David wanted more than anything was God's presence in his life he declares the goodness and faithfulness of God over his situation David chooses gratitude over grumbling. And listen to this. Even though he's on the run from Saul and his armies, David is running after God. He doesn't allow his current circumstances to diminish his view of God. But instead, he focuses on who God is and what God can do. Somebody here needs to hear that right now. You don't need to worry about your situation or your circumstance. You need to focus on who God is and what God can do. Because you see, it was David's praise that gave him a different point of view. It was his worship that reminded him that the God he trusts, that God is bigger than the problem that he faced. So here's what we're going to do in just a moment. We're going to worship because our praise is powerful. And our praise puts us in a position to be able to hear God. But before we do, I want to read something from the book of Exodus. See, again, that amazing story of the Israelites, you know, wandering in the desert for 40 years, there's this story that talks about Moses and this tent of meeting. The tent of meeting was the place where Moses would go out and he would meet with God. And, and there are about three verses in this that are really interesting to me, and you're not going to see these on the screen because I thought of these later. But, but I want to share this. Exodus 33, verses 8, 9, and 10. Here's what it says. This is so powerful as it relates to praise and worship. It says, Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand at the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch as Moses disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud, remember the cloud by day and the fire by night, but as he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover over its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And when the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance to the tent of meeting, they would bow down in front of their own tents. Here's the thing I want you to hear. Listen. When the Lord met with Moses in the tent of meeting, the people would stand because it was their posture. It was their posture of worship. So can I just ask you right there where you are seated to just stand? Because that's going to be our posture of worship. We're going to stand and we're going to look up. And we're going to look within. As we worship. Because our praise positions us to be able to hear the voice of God.
because this message was so good from Pastor Andy. I'm not gonna lie, this week I had an attitude and I had an attitude over the dumbest stuff. There were dishes in the sink, there was a gas in the car, whatever. And literally Julio sent me the song that we were singing and literally this is how good God is, right? You hear the words and you're like, there's an attitude shift. There's an attitude shift when you realize that God is in control over the big things, over the little things. It's an attitude shift and a heart shift for us. And also it's exciting because the circumstance also has to answer to the name of Jesus. The situation has to answer to the name of Jesus. So I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know if there's sickness in your family. I don't know if there's financial struggles. I don't know if there's fear in your life that you can't get over and you're staying up at night thinking about it, how you're gonna fix it, how you're gonna do it. That's not our job. Our job is to praise the one who has the victory. Our job is to give it over to the Lamb, to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So today, like he said, when we lift up our praises, God is enthroned. He sits on our praises and he says, thank you for letting me be God. So right now we're going to say, it may feel like I'm surrounded, but we're surrounded by the, the host of the armies, the angel armies. And right now with your voice, lift up a song to Jesus because he's worthy, you guys. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of glory. We Every heart 
to you and remember who you are. God, we thank you for your promises that they run so deep. And like the verse in Peter, it says, the grass will wither away and die, but the word of the Lord will live forever. We thank you for your promise, God. Your promise to keep us in the wilderness, God, that we call life. Your promise to protect us. Your promise to guide us and to speak to us through your word. We love you. We remember all that you've said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
what you need to know. When I left here last Sunday morning, I, I had a whole different direction I was going to go. And then I came to church on Sunday night. And it changed everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to tell you, if you missed that time of worship where we began our 21 days of fasting and prayer last Sunday night, you missed it. You missed it. That's all I got to say. You missed it. But I will tell you this. On the 19th of February, when we close out these 21 days, which actually end on February the 18th, we're going to have another night of worship. And so we're going to actually invite you to come back again on Saturday night. Oh, I don't, hey, get over it and be here. So again, I know this fasting is tough. It's been tough on me. Uh, I've had, I'm doing a couple of different things. I, I don't like to normally talk about what I'm doing, but I will say this for the benefit of some of you who may have tried to reach me. I am off social media. Uh, so if you're trying to reach me through a social media platform, you're not going to get me because I'm not that I, it has been so refreshing not to see all the stuff. So I'm off of there, but that's just one of a couple of things I'm doing again. I, I just would say this. I know it's tough on you. But it's been tough on me. Keep leaning into Jesus. Keep leaning into him, leaning into God. Don't give up. Don't give out. Don't give in. And just let God continue to do in his life what he wants to do. Now, here's what I'm going to say. In just a moment, I'm going to dismiss you. But I, I was sitting down there just a moment ago. And, you know, you know, as you leave today, you, you're going to be able to give. You can put it in the bucket. You can go to the giving kiosk. You can give online. Leave the tear off, the prayer request. That's important. But as I was just sitting there just a moment ago, I just feel like we need to sing, sing that song surrounded again. Am I right? Because it's such a powerful proclamation for us to understand. So thank you so much for being here. Don't leave. Engage with these guys as they lead us in that song surrounded. And just believe that regardless what wilderness you're walking through, you're surrounded by those heavenly armies. God goes before you and God goes behind you and will protect you in everything that you do. Thank you so much for being here this